Why, hello, everybody. I hope uh, all is well in your world, and if it's not, I hope it gets a little better by the end of today and the next 10 minutes, whenever. Um, This week, I have a lot to talk about. Um, Right off the bat, we can talk about the House of Brews update. Uh, Dee just came back from Philly, the Christmas boycott is getting closer to the date and what shall we do Gabrielle my oldest daughter is supposedly coming home in a few days I'm getting ready for the Mets fantasy camp uh, the ga- the girls are plowing through school what college will my middle one go to I have new tour days coming up and there's a lot to catch up on but before we get into all that that's just the update on this house of brews I got home today. Today was a great day. It's my mom-in-law's 75th birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And she's she's a great woman. Really, really entrenched in the town. Part of uh, the Lioness Club, which really gives a lot of scholarships to locals around here and does a lot of charity stuff and she's really involved the community since she got here so happy birthday we had a good we went and saw the movie knives something knives the hell was it i posted it today we just got think that's all that is what a dummy uh oh my god what the hell was the name of it see what happens when you start hitting 50 knives out that's what it was it was knives out it's um murder-ish, maybe, type of mystery. I don't want to give away too much, but it was it was re- great cast, great script, just amazing twists and turns. The acting was phenomenal. Directing, every, everything about it really, really was a good movie. So we started off at a one in the afternoon in Morristown, New Jersey, go see a movie and it was uh my wife and and my mother and father-in-law and then I picked this place down in Weehawken to go eat dinner we went had a great dinner there the view was amazing a little pricey on the dinner but mom's 75th well worth it and then uh just got back so I told my wife who is by the way has engulfed herself in this new Disney channel. She, my oldest, uh, oldest daughter, Gabrielle, are out. They're out of control. As we speak right now, my, and trust me, I'm not getting anything for this or else I wouldn't be talking into my phone to speak to all of you. I don't get a nickel, but she's up here watching. And I'll tell you what, Disney, if you need a, you need advertisers. Holy crow. So what, what, what is this channel that you're engulfed in? Disney Plus. This is new Disney Plus? Yeah, so good. And this is the new Star Wars? Oh, no, it's not the new Star Wars. But what they add as a series? It's the Mandalorian series. Mandalorian. Okay. Going crazy with that channel. So Disney, I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing, and it's infiltrated my home. 
So she's up there doing that. I figured I'd come down here and right out the bat, let's do a little recap of where I've been, who I've met, and who I've been talking with on the road at meet and greets, at shows, and all that jazz. Because I have a lot to catch up on. I'm getting super excited for future podcasts. I'm really getting amped up. You have no clue. Uh, it's I'm I'm pretty amped up. So I figured uh, I'm definitely going to start having guests. That is a major plus. I'm definitely going to start filming so we can put on YouTube and you can actually watch. I don't know if that's boring, whatever, just sitting here. But no, I think I may get a little more animated as I look in the camera. I don't know. I mean, I like this conversation, how we how we communicate like this. But I, there's definitely more plans to expand on what I'm doing here. Things are going to start happening to me now. So I just came back from the road. I left November 25th, the week of Thanksgiving. Um... Now, the 26th, we're in Anaheim, the House of Blues. And show was so good. Place was packed. It was a great time. It was an electric crowd. And then I think we may have had, I was with uh, my opener, Brian McKenna. Jack Kenny, who films everything, can check out his website. Jack Kenny's a young kid, 22, producing, does his own music. Uh, it's a big YouTube following. And then uh, Zach Kedger, who is the tour manager, also tour manages. Oh, God, I hope I get this right. Pip? Oh, shoot. This could be. I don't want to disrespect anyone. He's, uh, I, I, he's a tour manager. We'll just say that. I don't need to go any further because I'll, I'll end up putting my foot in my mouth. He's tour manager with one particular act that's. That's huge. I think that he opened for Mumford and Sons. Pip, he, he dresses in a dinosaur outfit. Uh, one America's Got Talent, or one, and I, and I, if I'm wrong, I am so damn sorry. No disrespect. I'm just that. I, I feel like I'm turning to a. I, I realize the older I get, I just, I just don't care. I find myself becoming my father more and more and more. My father would mortify me sometimes. And I mean mortify me. Especially the older he got, he just, if he wasn't interested in the conversation, you know, he'd, he'd have a little dementia right before dementia. It was in the 90s. And he, I would, you know, you'd talk to him and then my father would end by going, you know, let, let's say you, you come up to me and you're like, hey, oh my God, I saw this movie and the movie's amazing and it was a, it was a, a mystery and it was so good and that, you know? He'd go, is that it? But now that way you go, is that it? it? Meaning for, can you leave now? And I was like, dad, wait. He's like, I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, dad, well, you should. I don't. And he would... He would do it just to, like, I don't, I'm not interested. I don't care. Don't bring it up to me. And it's, you know, borderline dicky, but I giggle and I laugh the more I think about it, especially as it went on, because I'm starting to find myself there. I've been on some shows 
not so much with fans. I, I can't say really with fans at all. But I've had other people that will come and go, hey, man, um, I do X, Y, Z. I'm a, I videotape or I'm a photographer or I'm a, I'm a this or I'm a that. And I just got to let you know, you know, I know this band and this band. I filmed that band. I think, you know, and I know this guy and this guy. And right in the middle of it, I, I got to say, I hear my dad going, I don't give a shit. I hear my father going, is that it? Okay. Do we? Okay. I get it. I get it. You, you, okay. All right. I didn't give a shit. It's important in life if you don't give a shit. It can help you a lot. But not, not, not fans. Matter of fact, we'll get into meeting some fans. I just noticed, God, I'm getting more and more like my dad. Um, and by the freaking way, can I just tell you this? When you react to me, when you, when you reach out to me on Twitter, the personal, the DM, direct message, and in those areas, like, Christine, I know you're listening with your dad. Your dad, you, the relationship with you and your father is just so amazing, so beautiful. Keep doing that stuff. You know, there's so many of you out there. So many. Jules, Sally Ann. Uh, you know what, Christine, I'm a jackass. My apologies. I'm actually talking about Sally Ann. Sally Ann's relationship with her father. I know that's a big one. Take him out boxing more. She'll, I told you that. Bring him to the gym more. Her father's a boxer. Um, Holly and Jason, you know who you are. Pat, Aaron. How are you, Aaron? We'll get back on the next Metallica tour if there's ever one. Wade, there's so many of you. Trust me when I say when you send messages, it does mean a lot. It really does. So thank you for that. So let me recap some of the stuff on the road. And I'm going to post some pictures on my Instagram and I'll post them on Facebook so you can see some of the pictures. I took a lot of pictures in Portland, uh, a bunch near Anaheim in a beach. It was, it was such a... So anyway... We get to Anaheim, me, Brian McKenna, who's really doing a great job on the road. Um, and we had Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving, uh, Jack, who works with us filming and editing everything, his family's from San Diego. So, so he's, he's with his family. Me, Zach, and Brian McKenna, I booked, I tried to book a good Thanksgiving place and I ended up getting this restaurant and we had a lot of offers, a lot of offers. Joe, I know you offered. Um, Jack's family offered, but you know, it's one of those days I'm not with my family and I I just, I want to be alone or I want to be with who I'm with, Brian and Zach. We're all alone and it just, it felt, we had our own little thing going. So I ended up booking... Uh, what is it? De Chow. Something to Chow. Fogo de Chow. All right? Now, if you don't know what Fogo de Chow is, all the vegans just got extremely angry with me. I apologize. But Fogo de Chow is like, a, it's a Brazilian steakhouse. They come around with skewers and stuff, and they you got a big, 
big salad bar. Usually I do Texas Deep Brazil once in a while. They're all, to me, they're all the same. I, I think I actually prefer Texas de Brazil, definitely, over Fogo de Chao. I think their meats are better and they have a better selection. That's just me. So I booked Fogo de Chao, which is literally two blocks down from where we're saying, staying in San Diego. And I'm thinking, we did five o'clock. I'm thinking, who the heck... Who's going to a Brazilian steakhouse in San Diego on Thanksgiving? Who's doing that? Well, we meet up. It's raining. It's cold. It rained the entire time, except for the first two days near Anaheim. The minute we left Anaheim, it torrentially downpoured rain for a hundred straight hours in California. I, it, I've never seen it rain so much. It was not so. And hard rain. It wasn't just light rain. It was hard, downpouring rain. Never saw the sunshine. So we're going down the street and we start laughing and we start talking about Thanksgiving. And I left a little note for everyone or a message on Thanksgiving for just in general. I so, said, you know, my Facebook and Instagram. I said, try not to do politics. Try to think about, instead of what the other person thinks about politics, why don't you think about the possible teenager in the room that won't show it, that's probably feeling so much stress and pressure from what they're supposed to be in the future and how how educated they're supposed to be and all that jazz. It's a lot of work. I'm watching one of my nephews go through this. The kid wants to be a musician. And he's trying to figure it out. He's a phenomenal musician. Phenomenal. He's been playing for years. And he's trying to get bands together. And he's got a band right now. And he recorded music. And he's super excited about it. And I'm excited for him. And I hope it turns into something. I can help him out in any way. Point him in direction all that. But kids like him, there's so many other kids that they're just forced at 15, 16 to start thinking about a future. That's just insanity, pure insanity. I think I touched on this last week, so I don't want to jump into it too much. I don't even know how the hell we got here. How did I, how did I make that turn? I don't know. So I, we're walking to... The Fogo de Chao, right? And we're both, we're all cracking up going, who's going to be in a Brazilian steakhouse in San Diego in Thanksgiving in the Gaslight District? Answer me that. Can you answer the question? No, it is a trick question. We go rolling up on the place. There's about 20 to 30 people Packed in the lobby and and falling into the outside into the rain. Walk in, the place is so loud. It packed. You can feel the heat the minute you walk in the door. And thank God I made a reservation. Walked up, it's a reservation. I said, Brewer three should absolutely come this way. Went, yes. 
could barely walk through the tables. The guys with the skewers were sweating hard, had dish towels and stuff. And there, there was people everywhere. It was nuts out. It was nuts out. Decked out. I'll tell you who's there. We were probably the, um, it was mostly Latino, a uh, few uh, black. African American, whatever you try. I come from the eighties, man. So, um, that was yeah, it was Latino, eh, maybe like a couple black families, or they could have been Spanish. I I don't know. We were definitely the 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 only dummies that were like you know super white guys walking into a place. And I tell you what, it was awesome. It was freaking awesome. Because not only did they have their regular menu and all that, but they also had a turkey carving station with stuffing and, and all that stuff. It was, I, I tell you what, it would make me want to go back. And it would make me want to go to one of those places for Thanksgiving. It was so good. I think it was like 60, it was 70 bucks or 60 bucks, whatever. It's Thanksgiving. You go up as many times as you want. It was a great job by Fogo de Chao. Damn, I got to get some sponsors. Um, And again, I'm not going to pay for that. I'm just being honest. I'm being totally honest. So after that, we flew to to, uh, San Francisco. Actually, we flew to... We fly, yeah, we flew to San Francisco, and we drove to the show on Friday to Petaluma. I've never heard of Petaluma. Never heard of it. Now, we drive to get to Petaluma. We get there. It was, I have to say, one of my, one of my all-time favorite shows. Hands down. And I'll tell you why. They just, it, it, when I showed up, I didn't think the room was going to be that good. I hated the actual venue. And I'll tell you why I didn't like the venue. And I know no disrespect to the people there. A, they don't have a toilet for the artist. There's no toilet. B, is no, it, there was, when you walk, you drive to the load-in, and when you walk in the load-in, there's a door to the left. It's freezing. Freezing. There's no air conditioning. So you got to walk up these little steps and they have a little dressing room for you. And in there, they had a tiny little heater. Um, but there's no, there's no toilet. So you have to walk. It's, and it's cold and it's downpouring rain. So in the back of the parking lot, where you load in, you have to go use a porta potty, which I don't mind doing that, but. It's freaking pouring rain. So I put on a hoodie, whatever, and I go walking over there. And uh, they have it locked. So I piss behind the porta potty. That's one of the, this is how my introduction to Petaluma starts. And I went, this, uh, this place, I've already, I already don't like Pet. I do know. This gig is already pissing me off. And we had to do this meet and greet. And I do the meet and greet, and it's like in this tiny, dungeony green room. Wait a minute, was that Petaluma? 
Oh shoot, I'm, am I messing up here? I got the gigs mixed, wait a minute, Petaluma was, I take it back. Shame, shame, shame on me. It was not Petaluma. Br- Jim Brewer. That was, what the hell gig was that? San Lo, I think it was San Luis Obispo. I better get my facts straight before I piss off some promoter or I piss off some gig. It was not Petaluma. It was San Luis Obispo. That's what it was, San Luis Obispo. And when I showed up there, they didn't have, that's the place that had no toilet for the artist. It's insane. And, and I, you know, if you're going to do that, put a porta potty but don't make it at the end of the, where, where you got to walk, like 30, 40 yards in the pouring rain before the show. It was nuts all. But I got to say, the people were nice, and that show was great, and I got a story when I came home from that place. You know, we'll start with that, and then I'll talk about Petaluma, which was hands down one of my favorite gigs. So San Luis Obispo, show goes great. People there are wonderful. Um, no toilet, but whatever. They got to work on that. They got to work on that. Um, pouring rain. We leave the show. We come back to the uh, hotel. And I believe we're staying at a Marriott in San Luis Obispo. All right. And we're sitting down, and we said, hey, now at the gig, they leave us a bottle of wine and beer and stuff like that, and I don't drink a lot. I, I haven't drank hardly anything since August. I'm keeping my weight off, still 178 pounds. I was 208 August 24th, lost 30 pounds by October 24th, and I have not put on a single ounce since I've only dropped one or two cents, but anyway, so we go, Hey, uh, let's, let's, let's sit in the lobby. Had a nice lobby area, a little fireplace. Hey, let's sit in the lobby and have this bottle of wine. We can uh, share one bottle of wine. And you know, we, we decided to do that and we're sitting down and I'm getting a little riled up. I've had a and I've had a wine. Now I'm on like a wine and a half, which is like four glasses for me. And I'm, I got a nice buzz. And Brian McKenna's there. And then all of a sudden, Jack, the kid who's filming everything, and he's really distracting. He's just staring at the lobby area. I said, Jack, what do you, what, what's up? And he mumbles. He goes, that guy is, he's, he's got no pants on. I said, what? Because there's a guy at the lobby with no pants on. I went, what? And I, and I, we look over, and there's a guy, probably about my age, 50, bald head, has a shirt on. He has zero pants, zero underwear, and black socks on. And he's, he's at the lobby counter going... And then I, I definitely, well, definitely need a bathroom. And then just as long as, uh, you know, there's a bed there, maybe hang out my clothes. But if you could, that would be great. But as long, long as I can 
get clean there, I'll definitely need the, uh, somewhere to, a bathroom. And I'm going, what? What the hell? So I'm going videotape. We need, we got to videotape this. What are we doing? You got to videotape this. And Brian McKenna is, I don't know. I'm like, what are you talking about? Take it out. We got to videotape this. And I'm getting, I'm getting mad at these two. Give me the camera and I will start videotaping. I, I said, you got to videotape this. These are opportunities that don't just show up every day. How many times have you been in a hotel and there's some guy with no pants on at the freaking counter? And can we just say, I don't think, I think men's pants, that's something. I, I, it was so awkward. It was like staring. Oh, there's a giraffe over there in the kitchen. What? There's a guy... With no pants, no underwear, just like it's nothing, nonchalant. And he's not he he's not wobbly. It doesn't sound like he's drunk. So I don't I don't know. Is he is he sleepwalking? Did he he so he walks past me and I videotape this. You can see it on my Facebook page and you can see it on my Instagram page. Alright? He's also vile and disgusting. And if you don't if you don't know my uh, listen, I've had some people going, is this you on the Instagram? Because people do pose as imposters and it has happened, still happens. If anyone reaches out to you, okay, if you, if you go on Instagram and someone reaches out to you as me, it's not, it's not me. And they start asking, oh, you alone. I'm, like, I, I'm baffled that people fall for this. And people go, is this you? Yeah, I thought you were married and you're asking me, why would, I, why would I be dumb enough to ask sexual questions or ask, you know, give me a cell phone number or anything? It, it, it's not me. So here's the official. You go to Jim Brewer, J-I-M-B-R-E-U-E-R underscore the little line on the bottom. Official, Jim Brewer underscore official. That's my Instagram page. Should be like a hundred something thousand followers. I don't know. And then you'll see the picture of this naked freaking guy in a video. Same with my Facebook page. If you go to Facebook, there's two of them. For some reason, I'm stuck at one, which is a, it just has whatever amount and says, add me to friend. It says can't. That's because it's Mac. So I created the fan page. You just go to Jim Brewer. If you see like 500,000 people on there and there's tour dates, that's the page where I put videos nonstop on. You can go on there and see this naked guy and you don't really see anything. I got to say, you don't really see anything. We blacked it out, just God forbid. But this guy... Just shows up like it's nothing. He's got no pants. And he's hanging out. He's talking like this. And we need a room and somewhere to wash and blah, blah, blah. And we really don't know what's going on. And he leaves. And I asked the front desk, I'm like, what? He goes, I, he, he didn't seem nuts. He just uh, wanted to make sure the room was good to go. And he went to the room. And then about 15 minutes later, he comes back. He comes back. Same thing, no pants on. Nothing. No underwear, no pants. And he comes strolling up. I don't know what he asked for that time. And then he he leaves again and I got I videotaped it. I just I, I don't know if he was sleepwalking. I don't know. I don't know what was going down. But I tell you what, 
It was freaking entertaining. It was freaking entertaining. Be sitting there in a Marriott. You know, it's I, I, I don't know. Now, the tour manager, Zach, the second time, he says he was coming down from his room because he went upstairs for a second, came back, and when he said he got in the elevator. The guy was in the elevator. They made eye contact. He still had no pants on. Walked out of the elevator as Zach got on, and he claims he was drunk. So maybe he was drunk, but still, I don't know. He wasn't wobbly. I've been, I think we've all been drunk. I, I never had a desire to take my pants off and just go up to the counter. But I will say this, and I'm being honest. I think men, I've seen more men in my lifetime with a couple cocktails, being a wise ass, whatever, drop their drawers to either show their ass or their donkey. They take their donkey out to whistle. I've never seen a woman do that. I've never in my life seen a woman, a bunch of, bunch of women cracking up going, I dare you to walk up there with no pants on. I dare you. Go there and tell them you can't get in your room and you need another key, but to have no pants on, but make sure your socks are on. Would a woman even think of that? I guess boobs, flashing boobs, but I I don't. Flashing? Not walking around? I don't know. That's just, that's nuts. What is that? I've seen guys drunk just take out their donkey. What are you doing? Why would you do that? Wait, I don't need to see you, donkey. Take him out to the pasture. Go, go let him whistle out there. What are you doing? No one wants to see a donkey. Get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, that was... That was obispo. No pisser. Nowhere to piss at the venue if you're the artist. But... A naked man, not naked, a pantless man in the lobby of the Marriott. I have misplaced my pants. So after that fun night, very entertaining night, we were off to Santa Cruz. And I was pretty excited. I, You know, it's a beach area, but again, it was just torrential. And I mean torrential downpour, raining so hard. And the thing that threw me off that night, well, actually both nights, St. Louis Louis Obispo, I have to thank everyone that was there, but especially Santa Cruz, because it was at 9 o'clock. Now, I I don't... I, why I I don't know why the show is at nine o'clock. I I know in the future I will make sure they're not nine o'clock, especially on a Sunday, on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I don't know who thought that one out, but I don't know if it was well thought out. I think seven o'clock would have been perfect, and I think more people would have wanted to come out after a Thanksgiving weekend. But who am I? I don't know. I. I think I know my audience, but I know for that one, we definitely, I would love to go back to the area. Santa Cruz, I didn't, ex- I, 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 I don't know anything about any of these areas. When we got in, um, 
I wanted to go get some coffee. So, and I was meeting a photographer, Brett from Metallica. He lives there. And so if you go on any Metallica website and you see all their videos and the, and the, any camera pictures and all that, Brett is their guy. Brett Murray's their guy. And he was in town. And when we were on tour, we had such a good time. Great guy. We had belly laughs. Oh, my God. He has a great laugh. We, we would clown a lot all the time. And so Brett's come to the show, and I'm super excited. And when I got to... When I got to Santa Cruz, I went to this coffee shop. When I, when I w- walked into this place, it literally, I, I've never seen such a diversity of humanity gathered in one small place. Went to, uh, we're on the main street, walked in this coffee shop. Now, first, first people I see are... You know, like a couple maybe in their 40s or so, a white couple sitting there. And then as soon as I walk past them to go up in order, there's, I think, um, homeless. They kind of looked homeless or they, they were sleeping on the couches in the coffee shop. There were two of them. Just past them is a guy that looks like a pirate. He's got a pirate looking hat. And he's not jokingly looking like he's looks like a pirate. He's got hair like a pirate. He's got uh, eyeliner like a pirate. He's he's got the the shirt with the the cuffs, the big cuffs. He looks like a pirate. The only thing the only thing he was missing was a patch and a parakeet. As soon as I pass him, then there's, I think, I'm going to say he was transvestite. He was wearing a Santa hat with blush, red blush. He had his legs the way a woman would cross their legs. And a skirt. He had a, it, I shouldn't even say skirt. It looked more like a blouse. A shoulder, like tang toppy on top. And a a short blouse um, the what Mrs. Claus would wear he had like one of those outfits that weren't red he had a little and he was just you know typing away on his computer behind him is a guy with a blue complete decked out suit and and just Really, he's trying to act so proper and nice. Really young person, just trying to act proper and nice. And and then these three kids walk in. Each one had different color hair. I think the girl had bright blue hair with streaks in it. I was like, this is, this is, this is diversity. Um, <laughs> Brian was. Like where you know where are, are we in are we in Star Wars right now? Like when they walk in, I said no man, it's Santa Cruz. We're in Santa Cruz. All goes, and it was. I didn't know what to expect show wise, but I tell you what, that was another one. No freaking heat in the green room. When we went back there. It was freezing. Um. Yeah, Petaluma and 
not Petaluma, San Luis Obispo and Santa Cruz, freezing. Great shows. Great shows. I can honestly say there's not one show that I did on this run where I went, ooh, that show was rough. Not one. Now, the one day I wanted to tell you about Petaluma, I, I think that was one of my favorite all-time shows. That, Portland, uh, Seattle. Holy crow, Seattle was unbelievable. So Petaluma is home to Tom Waits, the musician. And it told a story to the meet and greets. It was a small group of meet and greet people before the show. Every show you can buy a meet and greet and we hang out before and we say hello and we take pictures and all that. And then there's a thank you after the show if you get merchandise on brewcrew.com and you show Brian or Zach your receipt that you got something and then you come backstage after the show. And I've met some great people on this run. It's really opened my eyes up on a lot of levels. On, you know, I, I look at my life and my entertainment career as a career, but at the same time, the more that I started realizing how powerful comedy can be, no matter what the comedy is, the more, the more it makes me work harder to use it as a healing source. And there's really nothing better. I mean, I was, I was, I think the last show, Olympia, and every show is a little different, so I try to remember certain bits I do in certain shows. And when I was in Olympia, I started talking about how D D was, is, a, a yeller. She's a yeller. Um, and I started imitating something funny that she does, and she loses it. And this one woman, it was such a cool moment. This one woman laughed in a way. She, she, it was quiet, and a bit was over, and she busted out so hard. But I could, I could tell the way she laughed was she was relating. And she was releasing herself of the guilt that she feels the way she talks to her kids and teenagers. And I said, oh, sweetie, don't you... I, I felt it, and I called it out. I went, don't you feel better? It's not you. Let that guilt out. And she laughed harder, and now the crowd joined in. And it... I, I met a guy who... This was, I believe, in, it was, it was Seattle. And he, he just started crying when he met me. And he asked me to wear his jacket. I put his jacket on. We took a picture. And he, he just, he said, I saved his life. Now, I I said, I didn't save your life, bro. And he goes, no, you saved my life during the worst times of my life. Now, I don't need to get into... I, I, I also... I, I've learned... I don't know if someone told me this or whatever, but when someone compliments you or someone... To, 
you some of us don't take it very well. I don't take it very well. I feel weird. I'm learning. And I, and I went, dude, I didn't I didn't save your life. And he goes, no, you did. And after the second or third, no, you don't understand what you did for me, I just let him talk. He needed this moment. So I just kept quiet. And I, I can tell the, the hurt and the turmoil that this young man went through. And he just numbed himself for years. And this was such a must. He waited till the show was over. The last person just to give that last hug and thank me again. I, I met, I was talking with a woman whose child has diabetes. And um, they were in the bathroom, a 16-year-old and her husband too. And I could tell the worry in her look. I said, sweetie, how's it going? She was just not easy. And I went, I know it's not easy because... I have a good friend who's has a child and they have that and the stress on their lives worrying about when your kid who's diabetic or someone that's diabetic and they're not they're rebelling. They're rebelling because they want to be normal. They're rebelling. There's so many different. It can't be it, besides diabetic. It could be a million things where your where your child is rebelling because they just want to be normal, or you're rebelling because you want to be normal. Well, I wish, and I'm going to do my. I, 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 maybe it's too heavy, uh, but it, it is something I want to start doing. Bringing real people on to help someone. Like I have a friend who is blind because he's diabetic and he tells me all the time this guy was normal and he besides having diabetes he he came to my house he was gonna fix my roof it was him he worked for a company he goes and he's a big met fan such a great guy uh and he's just such a good human being and he says jim I'm so, and he lives now in a, in a, he's a young man, but he lives in a, um, I think like 16 over, elderly, whatever it is. So we can have nurses around, all that, but you know, he's, he's not even 50. And he said, Jim, I rebelled. I didn't listen. I drank. I ate what I wanted. I had, I, I ate whatever I wanted. I wouldn't listen to anyone. And at first, you know, I'd have some problems. And I was like, ah, what's the big deal? But when I went blind, it was too late. And I'm telling you right now, if your kid is rebellious or you're rebellious to a diet, don't play around. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my darndest to get him on here and have him tell you that story. Because he has nothing to gain except for helping someone out there. So you know who you are. I told you when I met you I was going to put this out there and that you inspired me to do it. This was a meet and greet fan. And I saw, actually it wasn't meet and greet. It was a thank you for buying merch. And she was after the show and she cried a little. And and I just want to, I said, you know what? I'm going to put this message out there. So I'm putting it out there. And there's, when I meet 
I, oh my god, I met a I met someone that saw me six times. I had someone come see three different shows on this tour whose daughter's also a comedian. And she's up in San Fran, plays um, the punch, uh, I believe the punchline a bunch. And I said, why are you? She's like, oh my God, you're so, f- you're, I love seeing you. Really? And she came to three different shows and she said, you did three different sets. Now on this, on this tour, I usually do like the first 20 minutes to a half hour, somewhere or the same-ish. And then after that, I don't know where I'm going to go. I go in all different directions. And, so, and usually the first 10, 15 minutes is designed just for that area and just off the top of my head. And that's why I say Petaluma was one of my all-time favorites. So everyone tells me, hey, you know, Tom Waits is from here, the entertainer, right here from Petaluma. Uh, cool. Um, and I went, oh my God. So I'm talking to these, the meet and greet group, and it's a very small group, and we're in this tiny, tiny room. And we do have the story recorded. Uh, Jack said the lighting was terrible, but I'm hoping it's, it's enough that we can post it eventually that you can watch. Uh, and I said, that's so funny because I have a story about Tom Waits, which I do. Years ago, I did a Music Cares thing. And Music Cares is for musicians and sobriety. And at the time, it was for James Hetfield of Metallica. And he reached out and said, would you be interested in giving me this award? It's award presentation. Um, it was at least 10, 14 years ago, a good 10 years ago. Um, and I said, sure. What, what? He goes, yeah, just, you know, say some words. And I said, okay, all right. Because, yeah, it's a cool event. It's private, and they they really do a good job. It's me and... Uh, and one other guy said, okay, sure. Bill Graham, Billy Graham, who's a big promoter, big-time promoter, and legendary Hall of Famer. I said, okay. So as the gig gets closer, we're going there, and he goes, you know, we're going to be performing tonight and stuff. I went, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, but with the other bands and stuff. I went, oh, there's, there's other bands here? And... He's telling me about Tom Waits. Like, it's really special because Tom Waits is coming and everyone's on eggshell. And then I hear from other people, this is a big deal. Tom Waits is coming. And it might, it, it almost didn't go. And it's such an honor to have Tom Waits at this event. And I went, wow, really? And they're like, oh, it's, it's to have Tom Waits close this out because he's such a um, great musician and brilliant. You know, I heard words like brilliant and all that jazz. And, but he's having a problem with piano and had two pianos switched out. I don't know if this is all facts. I'm trying to remember something over 10 years ago. Okay. So go the bit. This comedian, Greg Bernhardt, who, you know, I got to write that down. I want to get Greg on the show. I want him to recap this. Greg was there hosting and he did an absolutely brilliant, amazing job. And I was envious of some of the material that he was doing because he's also a rocker uh, type of guy. And I'm like, damn, he's, God, I should have thought of this stuff. Um, 
And he does an amazing job. And I go up and do my thing. I remember I was sitting next to a, it was me, my wife, Dee, James, his wife, and another couple. Um, it was uh, this guy, Jesse, and this woman, Sandy. And Jesse had old tattoos over him and stuff. And I did. I went up and said my thing. And I remember I was going to put my nutsack on the table and just put it out there. And to be honest with you, I was when I walked in the room, it was freaking... The, the the theater, all the seats were out, so it was like lounges, and there were people up in a balcony, and I don't know if they paid or if they were diehard fans and they won from a lottery, but those are the only people from the public. The rest were all private. And on the floor was the remaining band members of the band Alice in Chains, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, all of them, Velvet Revolver with Slash, and all of Metallica was there. Uh, Margaret Cho was there. She did a little shtick. Um, so all these people in the room and all these other musicians, and I'm like, what the? I didn't know this was going on. Ozzy's whole family. So I got to do the award, and I'm staring at Ozzy Osbourne and, and, and Sharon and the whole family. And I'm staring at the Red Hot Chili Peppers and I'm staring at Alice in Chains and everything I listen to. Everyone from Metallica, this is who I'm talking to. And there's a crowd up top. <sighs> so I said something, and I'll never forget. I went, and I, and I was dead honest. I got in front of the podium, got really quiet. And I said, you know, you guys are all, everyone in here, are very, very influential, extremely talented, tremendous musicians and artists. And some of the lyrics that you all wrote in here help me think about my life, about life in general. I learned more about war Education, faith, society, government, morality, drug addiction. From the words of everyone in here than anywhere else. And it always pissed me off when whoever it is, whoever came up with the term sex, drugs, and rock and roll, I hate them. Because that's the sales pitch. But to me, the real sales pitch is what some of you truly talk about. What do you really talk about? And I looked at, I looked at Ozzy. You know, like, my father was in World War II. Never talked about it. And he had different views. And, and the song War Pigs taught me so much. Forget school. They didn't teach me anything. Corporations, generals, gather in their masses just like witches in black masses. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. 
And in the fields, the body's burning as the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind poisoning their brainwashed minds. Politicians hide themselves away. They only started the war. Why should they go fight? They leave that role for the poor. And time will tell on their power minds making war just for fun. Treating people just like pawns in chess. Wait till their judgment day comes. And now in darkness, the world stops turning in ashes where the body's burning. No more war pigs have power. The day of judgment, it goes on. On their knees, the war pigs crawling, begging mercies for their sins. Satan laughing spreads his wings. Those are powerful lyrics. That made me think how war is truly created. I mean, Ozzy, you look at Ozzy and you see the cross and upside down, he's evil and he bites heads and all this jazz. But you don't see. I've listened to preachers. I've listened to fools. I watched all the dropouts making their own rules. One person conditioned to rule and control and the media sells it. And you live the role. You live that role. I mean, that's... That would make me think. Those things made me... Maybe it's not too late to learn how to love and forget how to hate. Would you think that comes out of Ozzy? And I said to the room, so many of you, James Hetfield has written so many things. I can truly give sermons that go on and on, and I just may do that from how it's inspired and helped me in my life. And I said, I hate that term, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, because it smears the deep thought process that some of us get out of it. And I said, and James, it's more powerful to do what you're doing now than anything else in the world at that time. And I, and I get off the stage, and this beautiful woman came up to me, and she said, that was one of the most beautiful, touching things I've ever heard in my life. You're such a good person. My, my, I'm Sandy. And I said, nice to meet you. And she reminded me of everyone that was in my family that I grew up with, almost like a sister. She was such a beautiful soul. And I had no clue. It was Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. And the guy, Jesse, was Jesse Dames. It was Sandra Bullock. I wonder if Sandra Bullock remembers that moment. Because I never forgot it. Wonder what she is doing now. Oh, Sandy. <laughs> so, Petaluma, okay? 
So the end of the night, we're all waiting for Tom Waits. Tom Waits from Petaluma. And we're all so blessed that this man is here. I never heard of him. My apologies. And Bernhardt, Greg Bernhardt. I'm sorry, Greg, if I'm getting this wrong, your name. He introduces, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the night, please welcome Mr. Tom Waits. And Tom Waits doesn't come out. And it's awkward and weird. And no one says anything. The place is silent. After about a minute, Greg comes back out. So sorry. And he stalls time in front of a bunch of rockers. And he gets the job done. An impossible feat. And he says, once again, please welcome Mr. Tom Waits. And he doesn't come out again. And so now it's... Now, granted, you know what we saw that night? Freaking Headfield's up there with Alice in Chains singing them bones. Some say we're born to the grave. Ah, yeah. Are you kidding me? It was it was amazing. Velvet Revolver with Slash singing Wish You Were Here by by Pink Floyd. It was deep. It was awesome. It was powerful. Everyone, there was so many songs that night. It was freaking amazing entertainment all night long. And so, after the second time Tom Waits doesn't come out, Greg Bernhardt comes out again. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, he's fixing the piano and the, the, the thing, and we're going to do this and then. And then finally, attempt number three. Please welcome, he's definitely ready there, without a doubt, Mr. Tom Waits. The room goes silent. And he doesn't come out. Five seconds. Ten seconds. I'm looking at Sandy. I have no clue at Sandra Bullock. I'm looking at Jesse James. I'm looking at Hatfield. I'm looking at... I'm looking at Sean the drummer, Allison Chains. I'm looking at Ozzy. And no one's saying nothing. And about 15, 20 seconds of awkward silence... Who comes to the rescue? Ozzy Osbourne goes, oh, come on, Tom, it's a crazy, you're not a Beatle. And the whole room cracks up. It just broke the ice in the whole room. We all started laughing. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, for crying out loud, what's the problem? Come out yourself. Who are you? And then the curtains opens up, and there he is, Mr. Tom Waits, and he goes into singing, which I watch with great intensity. And he goes, and I say, what the hell is this? Sorry, Tom. I know your music's brilliant. I know you're an incredible musician. But that was an awkward night at Music Cares. So I told that story in Petaluma at the meet and greet. And then I went, you know what? Maybe I'll tell that story on stage. 
And I go tell it on stage. And it crushes that whole night. And as I'm telling the story, I went, oh, God, this is going to be the most amazing video. I think this is my next special right here tonight. This is so good. I'm glad I film every show and I record every single show. And the whole show was hot, crushing it. And I came off the stage. And the first thing my filmer said, dude, you're going to hate me. I said, what's the matter? He goes, I lost the first, like, uh, 20 minutes of the show, half hour. I lost the whole Tom Waits story. I went, what? What are you talking about? Because I, I don't know. Something happened with the, while I was filming it, just the card, there's something wrong with the card, and I was scrambling trying to fix it. He goes, but the good news is I, I have the recording, the audio recording. And he's such a good person. He's so talented, Jack. And I'm at such a place in life where I went, you know what? It's okay, man. We'll, 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 you definitely have the audio because I, I 100% have the audio. I will figure it out. And we figured it out. Tomorrow I get on the phone call, I want to animate it because this story is phenomenal. I want to get an animator. I put uh, on my socials about a week ago, um, one of Brian McKenna's friend animates and he animated my whole party in the stomach bit. And so I put up on the socials, got like a half a million views. It was insane. So I'm going to do my damnedest. To see if he can do it, whoever could do it, because this is gonna be long, and I don't know what it's gonna cost, if it costs, if someone wants to volunteer and do it. But I wanna animate that story that's recorded. It's powerful, it's funny, I act the whole thing out from stage. So hopefully we'll see that in the future. And that is why I loved Petaluma. There's a lot I wanna get into, and I, I feel like I'm I don't wanna drag you all along too too much. It's we're hitting an hour or a little over an hour, and I I don't want to. I don't want to overstep my boundaries, so I will save for next week. And next week, my daughter will be here, and I'll be recapping uh, this weekend where I go to Alice Cooper's benefit, which is sold out in Phoenix, Arizona. I'll be visiting a friend in Phoenix, Arizona, but uh, I know Rob Halford's going to be there and Johnny Depp. So I'm going to have quite a recap for you next week between my daughter being home, who I will have jump on here and we'll jump into that whole madness, leaving college and wants to travel with daddy and work and madness. And I have a lot that I'm working on right now that I'm super excited about. A film, a TV series that I'm about to present to my management Finishing the tour. We have new tour dates coming out really soon. And it looks like Live Live and Let Laughter Tour is going to go all the way into the spring. These dates are all going to be announced soon. Uh, looks like we're going to hit the southeast, Florida, Colorado, southwest, Vegas. There's a lot more dates on the way. So there's going to be more Jim Brewer dates, a lot more. And that will be out very, very soon. The Impractical Jokers Cruise. Get your tickets now. I'm going to be podcasting from there. I know my daughter's going to be on there. Probably two of them on there. All that good jazz. But keep the good energy coming. You, you, you mean so much to me. You don't even know. You don't even know. Some of you are starting to learn. 
And by the way, if you need healing, you lost someone in their life. I talked to her and she's willing for just for just this week. I said, why don't you just do it for a week? And if you really, really, really need help with someone you lost, a loved one, I follow a fan. I want to make sure I have the the exact Instagram page before I give it out. But I follow her on Instagram. And her husband was such a big fan. And... Every time I I, I look at her post every day to watch the pain and healing and the strength that she's trying to gain, trying to raise children while her husband passed instantly. And there's so many people I know like that. So I don't know if you want to help or just look. Don't overwhelm. You got to respect what this person's going through. But I thought it was just absolutely... When she told me the story, I started following her. And if you just look at her pages, um, but make sure you damn re- I trust you to be respectful. Let's get back to nature, human nature. No news, no politics, human nature. Helping each other out, lifting each other up about things that really matter. Real, real, real things that matter. It's nice to be entertained. It's nice to have great movies and television and music. But you know what's nicer? Human nature. So here, um, you can check her out if you're mourning or if you want to reach out and give loving, uplifting messages. Because it's not just her. And maybe you guys can build a little community. I don't know. I know there's mourning places. My friend Rob, who lost his wife suddenly, he goes to this group that are, it's his grief. It's called the grief group. But this woman is just, I admire her so much. So much. She reached out to me and said her husband passed and I meant so much to her. And they just saw me and they always came to see me. And their comedy is what they did together. So, her page is acrim73, A-C-R-I-M-M-7-3, A-C-R-I-M-M-7-3. Show respect. You don't have to go on there. But I think if you're in deep grief with someone you loved, she can teach you a little power. It's tremendous to see someone go. There, there's three people in my circle of life that are going through this. Two women and one male. Where they lost their partner. And they have kids and trying to get through this. So all those hurting during the holidays. Hey. Keep your chin up. Life isn't easy. Sometimes life isn't fair. But you know what? We have to find a little sense of humor and a little help to lift us up. Try to stay off the negative energy. And if politics and news brings you that negative energy, do all you can to take a little bit of that energy and lift someone up or use it to spread something really good. 
Trust me, you can do it. Hey, thank you, thank you for listening. Um, boy, I babbled a lot today. I wanted to get to so much more. I have so many good plans I want to share with you. I have topics. I did songs. I have interviews. This is going to turn into something really cool. I'm extremely excited. We're in baby steps, but it's I'm ready to grow to a whole different level. And I hope you take this journey with me because you are my family. You are my friends. You're the ones that know Jim Brewer. Not the comedian, not the entertainer, not the... This is the, this is the guy who's married to a beautiful young woman with stage four breast cancer that's still doing amazing. Two and a half years of living on a trial. Still doing great. Still have her. Still blessed. Still, still cherished the way she smiles when she's angry when she's just doing nothing, I cherish it. My kids, everything. Life is so damn precious. I hope you all realize that sooner than later. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you out there. I got a couple dates left. New Jersey, Dallas Cooper, Foxwoods, um, West Virginia, playing a casino there. And uh, the Impractical Jokers. And then soon, I'll let you know about the other dates. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week when the madness starts all over. Madness. Have a good one. Thank you.